Welcome. Can you hear me now? Good. Um, you are really very much welcome wherever you are to this service. Just know you are part of this service, whether on the screen, whether you are behind the house. I normally talk about that, that God is there. So you are part of this service. Um, just want to bring you greetings from my family. On the center there is that beautiful wife of mine by the name of Memory and the kids that God has given us throughout our stay. I believe one of the days I'll be able to come back with Memory if it pleases the Lord so that you see this lady who has made Harrison to be who he is. Amen? It is also my pleasure to bring you greetings from Timothy Harvest Ministries. When I talk about Timothy Harvest Ministries, it's not about Harrison. Timothy Harvest Ministries includes all those other people that we are working together trying to accomplish what God has you know, purposed for us to do. And so they are greeting you and expecting that, yes, there is a lot of fellowship going on with you and me today. It's so good just to be in front of you, to speak to you. I feel so much honored to speak to you know, great men and women of God like you. And sometimes it brings me into a time of thinking, Lord, what shall I speak to these people who are so important, whom you died for them on the cross of Calvary? It's important to communicate rightly to special people. Jesus died for you. Shall we pray? We want to thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for who you are. You are our great God, loving God. Every time you take care of us, you protect us. And so, Lord, you want to speak to us, you want to fellowship with us, as it is your desire that you created us in your image, that we should worship you. Thank you, Lord, that we are gathered here expecting that you speak to us because we are your creatures. And thank you that you also invite us to work with you. Be blessed, Father, for we pray with thanksgiving, expecting you to just be with us as we fellowship with you. We know you have a lot for us this morning. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Last week, Pastor Luke was sharing with us on prayer. And I remember he said, prayer is either dead or living. Prayer is either dead or living. And when I thought of that, knowing that I'm here, not only to fellowship with you, enjoy our relationship with you, 
but also to report back to you on what this church, this family is doing back to Malawi. Though you have been there, you have not been there physically, and yet you are there spiritually as you provide all the different kinds of support. And therefore, we'll be discussing together this morning as some kind of continuation from where Pastor Luke has been you know, communicated and also what he will continue in his series of a prayer. So we thought, why don't we discuss together on the relationship with God that generates passion for his agenda which leads to praying in line with the will of God. This is just something to lead us or to guide us into real prayer or living prayer. Living prayer can only happen or can only be called living prayer when it is out of a relationship, when it is out of an intimacy with our great God. When there is that relationship with this great father of ours and you get to know who this God is, what he has for us, and then because of that relationship you are able to talk to each other with this God. At the end of the day, God generates a passion in you over something else. And then because of this passion that generates in your inner being as a result of the relationship with God, then you want to pray. And what you want to pray for is that which God has put on your heart because of your relationship. Amen. Amen. That is what we are going to pray, that what we are going to be discussing. This is what is called living prayer. There are times we as people, we pray for many other things which are good, but sometimes we tend to want to use God as our servant. God, I want a nice shirt. God, I want a big house. You know, I've been living in this tiny house for long, but, you know, the Bible says you no, no longer be tails, but you be heads. And we bring forward to the Lord those kinds of prayer items. Our Lord, I want a jet. I want this and that. <laughs> and sometimes, oh, you pray, oh, Lord, I want a sheep. Such prayers. They are nice. But you never discover that sometimes it is these kinds of prayer which are dead. Why? Have you ever asked yourself, is this which I am praying in line with the will of God? Otherwise, if God is not in agreement with that, it's dead prayer. Amen. Amen. So today, 
I stand before you, brothers and sisters, to just show you what it was like in 2008, as you can see from that slide. What is your feeling when you see Diane and Steve walking in that bush led by somebody else called Harrison in that bush? What do you think would come up in that bush where you don't even see where you're going? If you were there, what do you think would come on you? Snakes? <laughs> okay, yes, snakes. What else do you think? Yeah, maybe a lion? Something bad. And as, as, as Diane was walking, you can see the way she looks. You know, she was, you know, squeezed because she had that fear. That's exactly what happens when you are with God and God has given you something to do. God has assigned you to do something else because of that relationship with him. And then God has generated something in your inner being that you have to accomplish. And then you, you have that fear because you don't know how it is going to come to pass. Amen? Amen. But today, I'm so glad that I stand before you as a living testimony. Somebody who has for the past years, the past 11 years, since 2008, I can come back with a lot of testimonies of what God has done because of this relationship with him. I'm really happy. This God is so wonderful. He's a faithful God. Amen. So God, official ministry with THM and Whitestone. I've called it like that. From 2008, walking in the bush, somehow blind, not knowing where we are going. And yet, it reminds me of my brother Nehemiah. In the book of Nehemiah chapter 2, where we see, if we read in verse 3, this was Nehemiah in captivity, but was so privileged to be serving the king. He was a cupbearer. Verse 3, but even though I was afraid, I said to the king, may the king live forever. I am, and, be, and because the city where my ancestors are buried lies in ruins, and the gates of that city have been destroyed by fire. Here is Nehemiah saving the king in captivity. However, though he was a slave, he was in a relationship with God. He was in a relationship with God. And one day, you know the story. Verse 4, then the king said to me, what do you want me to do? 
Before I answered, I prayed to the God of heaven. After Nehemiah heard the brothers that had come from back home and told him the stories of what is happening at home, how the city of Jerusalem looks like. By that only, God generated a passion. Amen? And he was so afraid. You know, traditionally, one was not allowed when is to present a cup of wine before the king. You shouldn't show your face, you know, shouldn't be sad. You needed to be smiling because you are presenting something for the, for the king. And yet, Nehemiah, in spite of this knowledge, Nehemiah's face looked sad. This is exactly what happens. When you are with God, when you are fellowshipping with God, you are communicating with him, and the passion comes on you. God has generated that passion in you. You are sad. Just as you saw in that picture, Diane was not very much okay because she was afraid in the bush because you don't know what will happen. So Nehemiah was filled with this passion. He had a lot of questions within himself. And yet, in verses 5, more especially that point, in board, then I answered the king, that was after prayer, if it would please the king, and if I have been good to you, Please send me to Jerusalem, the city in Judah where my ancestors are buried. I want to go there and rebuild that city. Amen? A passion that has been generated by God because of the relationship. In other words, the passion can only come in somebody else from God when God knows you. When God is with you. When he's convinced with you because of the intimacy that exists between him and yourself. Amen. Nehemiah was courageous enough to tell the king, if it pleases the king, let me go to my home city and rebuild it. That was God's agenda. God generated this passion in Nehemiah to go back and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Amen. I'm also reminded of Zerubbabel who also God had generated a passion. After Nehemiah had gone to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, then Zerubbabel also went back to rebuild the temple. 
after Zerubbabel, I also see Ezra being given another agenda to go back to his homeland and remind his people of the law of God. God works in us when we are in a relationship. He assigns us differently. There is a corporate assignment for Whitestone and THM. But there is also an individual assignment that he will give to his people. Amen. I'm convinced each one of us here has something special that God has put on his heart that he or she should do. Amen. It is this passion that is in your heart that will cause you always to pray. You spend time, you spend hours and hours. Every time you'll be reminded of that which is on the bottom of your heart. You pray over those things. That is living prayer. That is praying or doing things in line of his will. If you are just doing some other things that God did not give you, that is dead prayer. So what do you think about that? It's important to remain with God. Amen? It's important to come closer to the Lord. Just as Nehemiah reminds us, even though he was a slave in captivity, though God was still closer to him, he was able to communicate to him. Amen. God is really very specific when he talks about us, about, you know, with his individuals. So I would say, prayer done in communion with God brings results. As I said earlier on, I'm here as a living testimony. Besides reporting to you, my fellow brothers and sisters, Watson family, of what you have done in supporting THM, Timothy Harvest Ministries, back home. I look at you as my brothers and sisters who God has called together. But I also look at you, see you as people whom God is using to donate or to support the vision that God gave, gave to Harrison some years ago. So that you should know exactly what your support is doing back home there. Alongside working together as brothers and sisters whom God has called together in this wonderful intimacy with him. Amen. If you read in verse 20 of the same chapter 2 of Nehemiah, God of heaven will help us succeed. We are God's servants and we will rebuild this city. When Nehemiah was busy rebuilding the temple, 
there were some other enemies that were coming along. So when we are busy doing or trying to accomplish God's purposes, doing God's agenda, it will not just be as simple as one may think. There will be challenges. Nehemiah had challenges. And yet, God generated inside of him that faith, that confidence, that as long as I'm with God, God will be able to make it. And I remember somewhere else Nehemiah saying, I have a very important work to do. I cannot come over to you, son Balat, to be in your meetings. Amen? So, always God will generate or will energize you, will give you confidence whenever you face challenges as you undertake God's assignments. Amen. This is so good. This God does not leave us alone. He's always with us because we are doing his agenda. So, intimacy with God will help you to know who God is and eternal purposes with him. It's important, therefore, to just be very close to him. When you are close to him, you know him. When you know him, then you share. God will be able to share to you what he wants. When he shares to you, you will pray over those things. And then at the end of the day, it will be a man or woman of God praying a living kind of prayer. Because of living kinds of prayer, living, living prayer that one may be able to utter before the Lord, you discover one other thing, and this is about the infrastructure development that God has done over there in Malawi through Timothy Harvest Ministries and Whiteson family. The infrastructure development I'm talking about here is like the, the hardware that covers the software, which is the main core, the main agenda that God has. Israel needed to be covered by that war, protected by that war. Therefore, God called Nehemiah for the rebuilding of the war. At the end of the day, you discover Israel came in and, called, and was called to remind Israel on the law of God. That is the software. Amen. Over there you see the hardware that God has accomplished through Timothy Harvest Ministries and I'm witness to this. As we talk of one day being self-sustained, we are busy trying to come up with these we call the hardware part of the ministry. We have the new chicken house ready for the chickens and coupled with the old chicken house over there. We have 
maize ready to be used for the production of chicken feed. And then we have the maize mill where we in, we, in the next few weeks we'll be able to install uh, the maize mill that shall be able to be used to make uh, the feed for the chickens. We have the chalets and then we also have the water tank which was the first project that we had at Bethel Training and Retreat Center. And then we have the water filters. We also have the washroom. That's also important in ministry. Amen? <laughs> <laughs> then we have the conference hall where we hold our conferences. And then from there, we eat from the restaurant. This is, if you heard that it was blown off last October, we are so happy to report that God, yes, has come back. He has put back the roof. Actually, I laughed when I heard, oh, I was somewhere else when I heard the roof has been blown off. It was a, a, a phone call that came from one of our guards. And then I laughed. I was out there, you know, trying to show the Jesus film when I had this call. And then my friend encouraged me, no, why don't you go and see what has happened? So I drove very fast and then went there. So when I saw the roof was not there, I laughed. <laughs> you know what I was laughing? I said, how come this God is the one who you know, you know, came up with the, with the restaurant? He's the one who gave funds for the construction of the restaurant. And he's the one who is in charge of nature. <laughs> and he himself has blown off the restaurant. <laughs> that is why I laughed. Why? Because I know my God. This God, if he has decided to blow off the roof, it means he knows how he's going to put it back. Amen? Amen? <laughs> That's why it's there. When you are working with this great God... He will know what to do in spite of the challenges. Some of the challenges are just there to encourage us to see how much we have faith in our great God. Amen. Thank you so much. We can talk about our, a lot of our infrastructure development. But however, let's go straight to we are not after the infrastructure development. Timothy Harvest Ministries is there for spiritual leadership development based on 2 Timothy 2, verse 2. That's the reason we exist. All those we are talking about are just the hardware to house the software. And I'm so happy that we have a lot of achievements and they are also in numbers. I've tried to put those things in numbers. When I talk about the impact in different areas. First of all, it's about the impact through education and training, which is one of our programs that we have. The software part of the ministry. God has called us to impact 
into the lives of people. I'm glad to be a Malawian. I always say about that. It's good to be here in the States, but I cannot live here because God has assigned me to be there. It's a divine assignment, a divine appointment for me to be a Malawian because I have to work, I have to impact my fellow Malawians there. Amen. You see in that slide, we are busy training people in one of the churches on discipleship so that they can be able to know how they can make disciples to all nations as we are instructed by God. In that other picture, in, that, in the same slide, you see 18 men who were amazed in the godly man training based on the 2 Timothy 2. A man should be godly. We have a special program that we are carrying out for men. It is only a godly man who can love his wife. Amen? So wives here, if your man is godly, then you know you are married. Am I right? So we train people to be godly. And remember, it's not just a matter of an input indicator just to see to it or to announce to the rest of the world that we have trained people. When we mean training, we, are, we mean impacting into these people that the lifestyle of husbands, they have that knowledge of what they have to be. And they are now being what they've learned. They're not just being what they've learned, but also they are doing what they have learned. Amen. 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 That is what we mean, impacting the people. I'm so glad to report to you that you come one day, I'll show you these are the people. I'm not here to please you. I'm not a man pleaser. I would rather please God rather than pleasing somebody else. Working with God is a serious business. Amen. So we have to impact his people. There's also something that we are doing, that's pastoral training. Training of pastors. After graduating in 2016, 16 pastors, and they were envisioned to go ahead and train others, and then THM does the follow-up and monitoring and providing the books. As I'm speaking, 132 have completed their diploma in church practical ministries, which is one of the programs that we are carrying out. And as I said earlier on, you can see down out there the impact that is also in their lives. We have also talked about the impact through couples conference. For 11 years, we have been training the couples. Out of 550, we can talk of currently a minimum of 66,000 on the ground that has been impacted. Amen. 66,000, that is the minimum. 
been impacted. Their lives have changed. Previously, a man could not stand, and uh, Steve and Diane are witnesses, and some of you have been there, could not stand you know, publicly and hug his, you know, his wife. It was, not, it was not there. But now you see husbands and wives you know, loving each other and sharing their problems. A man coming right away in front of his wife and saying, my dear, I'm sorry for what I did. This is great. Amen. Amen. We also look at uh, pastors working together. You know, sometimes churches are like certain kingdoms. When, like Watson, would be like a kingdom. So much that you don't even think of other churches over there. But the couples conference has also brought about this great impact that all the churches, as long as you know Christ is the savior, he's the only savior of the world. All those who confess Christ, believe in Christ as their Lord and savior, are their brothers and sisters, no matter where they are. Amen? That is fellowship. And that is what God has ordained. We see this happening. Amen. There's an example of um, a couple over there, they're working together in the garden. Something which was not there. But also, we can talk of another impact which is based on the women's training. In 2012, we trained 18 women for five days. And as I'm talking, right now, the women we trained in 2012 have affected 12 districts in the country. And this program, by the grace of God, is now running, spreading like a wildfire. A fire which sometimes is even difficult to control. You know, a wildfire, you, you know, cannot control it. But it's good that this fire is a godly fire, affecting the lives of people. Amen. When I look unto such things, that is why I can confidently report to you, my brothers, that keep it up. God is really at work. Why? Because of the fellowship that you and me have with our God. So much that God is able to trust us. We have also the impact through the water filters. Water filters are really impacting. They are like an instrument of evangelism. When we give out water filters, our criteria of selection is not based on religion. As long as he's God's creature, he's a human being. And so you know that we live where the Islamic faith is you know, dominant. And therefore, most of those people that you know, access the water filter are Muslims. And so we say our God loves you. 
Our God wants you to drink health water. So this great God is a lover of all. He's a God who knows no partiality. Amen. Amen. So here you are. God blesses you. As a result, we have several, several testimonies. Here is one few testimony that I would want you to watch just as we are close to winding up. There's a few testimony that I would want you to see. A short video. Just watch and see. Amen. A single water filter placed in one's house, God also shows how much he loves his people. We communicate to them and say, God has loved you. So please, why don't you put it on the center of your house where anybody who doesn't have a water filter would come in with a bucket of water, he pours water into that water filter, gets filtered water, goes out there. So what this man is saying, 18 people are benefiting from this single water filter. And what I can say is, when you talk, we, 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 we came up with 110 water filters. And 110 water filters Every family household with an average of six. And then an average of six other households benefiting from a single water filter. Which gives us over 3,000 people benefiting from the water filters. At the end of the day, God is glorified. Because it's not about us, but it's about God. Amen. Finally, finally, there's this young boy who was impacted through last year's youth conference. We held our first you know, youth conference by the name of Juma. He comes from, he comes from and he's, you know, a Muslim family. And God has totally changed his life. He's a different young boy. And is looking forward to this year's conference. Isn't that great? He's so wonderful. All is about God being in a relationship with us, with each and every one of us. Let me show you something as I conclude. My brother, 
Do you know what is here on my hand? I'm talking to you, my brother Brian. Do you know what is here? You don't know? All right, come over to me, I show you. Can you see it? This. Yeah. What is it? It's a scar. It's a scar? All right. That you have now known what I have on my hand. Do you now know me? No. Why? Because we don't have a relationship. Oh. Maybe I need to show you some of my deeper things. Do you know what is you know, inside of my shed? No. Muscles? Oh. Maybe, I should, maybe I should show you. I should show you. Can you see? Yeah. Do you know this tiny thing here? Yeah. What is it? Uh, it's like a wart or growth. Oh. oh. All right. So thank you that now at least you can know some of my deeper things. Yeah. Right. It's really good. Um, maybe before you take your seat, yeah. would you mind if you can uh, just hand over this to Steve, please? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much. You know, when Brian was far, he couldn't tell what is the scar that I have here. I was involved in a road accident on a motorbike in 1983, and that scar is still here. But you cannot see it when you are far. But when you are close, you are able to see it. However, you can see this because it's on the surface. And it's just bare. But you can only see the inner things that I have, the other, you know, scars or points that I have in my body. Only when you come very close to me and I show you, here it is. That's what I mean. That God has an agenda. God wants to work with us. And that can only happen if we are in that relationship. We can only have our living prayer if we are with God. We draw closer to him and get to know who he is. And then and only then can he trust us and give us something to do. That is why I said... I stand as a living testimony to tell you of what God has done in my personal relationship with God. May the Lord bless you as you think of what God has for you and even as you accelerate on what you are already busy doing because of your relationship with God. Out of relationship comes a passion. May the Lord bless you as you continue to fellowship with him so that his eternal purposes may be accomplished. May we pray. Shall we pray? Our dear Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for your greatness, for your love, for who you are as a father in our lives. Thank you that you have brought each one of us from various backgrounds and that you've assigned us because of our relationship with you.
after you called each and every one of us. We thank you that we can trust you, even as we work with you, that in spite of the challenges that we may encounter, and yet you are with us, you energize us, we bless you. There are a lot of things out there that you'd want them accomplished, impacting the souls in different ways. Thank you, Lord, that you bless Timothy Harvest Ministries and also Whitestone as we work together in this great partnership which you ordained long before the foundation of this world, that your name alone may be glorified in this partnership. For we pray with thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening, and may the Lord bless you. You are dismissed. <laughs>